This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, and you can email the show via, and here is our email address, frank at Absolute Radio, or one word, hmm. all lowercase... Remember, people used to say that all the time. .co.uk. There you go. All that, all that stuff. Yeah. I've had. Um, it was my birthday yesterday. Happy birthday I know. yesterday. Thank you. I had a splendid, uh, splendid day with lots of love. It's been marked by Ruth Jordan, one of our readers. I do hope Frank enjoyed. The morning enjoyed... sun <laughs> down upon the eyes of Ruth Jordan. <laughs> Okay. Ruth says, "Is that, is that an actual song?" No, it's Lucy Jordan in the in the oh. uh, thing, but it's near enough for me. <laughs> I, hope, oh, I do hope Frank enjoyed his birthday. Last year, we learnt that he shares it with. Do you remember Frank? He's is a it, saint. Well, uh, oh, it's um, yes, it is um, Saint Thomas Aquinas. Very good. Yes, Ruth. What I like is Ruth says he shares it with Saint Thomas Aquinas. Of course. When yes. you say of course, mm. of course, it's also a year since Frank was an on-air doula and helped bring my nephew Jack into the world. Oh God, I remember oh. that. Yeah. Sadly, they didn't name stuff, him Shane actually. too. Thanks, Frank, and she sent you a little. Uh, a little emoji with some kisses on it. Oh, lovely. You know, these new emoji things. They're catching oh. on, aren't they? <laughs> do you know, um, you know the gritted teeth emoji? I you don't know, know that I do. The one that's like, uh, like somebody said something wrongly. Okay. So it's, it's it. like a face showing some teeth. Mm. I used it um, yesterday when my wife had had a root canal done. Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's a good one. <laughs> it's quite a literal use of the emoji. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know if I should have sent... Uh, my auntie had arthritis. I sent her the fingers crossed. <laughs> um, can I tell I did, you... Can I say there's nothing funny about arthritis? <laughs> and don't write to me. I apologise. It's a terrible thing. Apparently, guys, I've discovered... You know what we must never do? Apparently, it's a real boomer move. Yes, that is that is the yeah. language of my niece. Wow. To send the uh, raised thumb emoji in oh, response to something. So to say, see you at five. It's a real boomer move to send an, a raised thumb Thumbs emoji. Up. Well, you know, a, pap- a paparazzi once said to me, don't, don't stick your thumb up, Frank. He said, we never use a thumbs up unless it's Paul McCartney. <laughs> Interesting inside information. <laughs> Oh, I've had some gifts, actually. I mean, I got some lovely gifts yesterday um, from my uh, family. The highlight of which, I think, was a book called Trees in Anglo-Saxon England by Della Hook. Wow. Um, Which, I know that sounds ironic, but I will read... I've already started reading it. It's like an academic piece on where there were trees, what they were used for, and also their mystical uh, uses. Is Della from the uh, the Hook family? Is she I, uh, Captain Hook? No, she's got an E on the end. Um, Della, I believe, is housed in uh, Birmingham Red Brick University, Lovely. as opposed to the one I went to, which was a polytechnic, and now is <laughs> City of Birmingham University, I think it's yeah. now called. But, um, yeah, so Joe Rockos... 
uh, wrote to me. Now, Joe Rockos said, uh, I sent you a few books a couple of years ago. The one you liked was the Jake Thackeray lyrics one. I am a big fan of Jake Thackeray. Gathering rose buds of our own. Anyway... And it says, you, you, meant, uh, you mentioned me on your podcast and asked if I was related to Cleo Rocos. <laughs> well, yes, I am her sister-in-law. Cleo is still as funny and beautiful as she was with Kenny Everett. Can I say, that is absolutely true. Mm? I had a dinner with Cleo Rocos. Oh, yeah. At the home of hairdresser Charles Worthington. Ah, a few years ago, but... I don't know about wow. celebrities. Wow. She'd started a tequila brand, which didn't give you a hangover. Ah. God, thank God she didn't start that 30 years ago, so I wouldn't be here now. <laughs> I'd be in the ground. In the ground! Yes. Well, I've got to tell you something about Joe Rockos. We should come back to the uh, dinner with Cleo. Um, you'll be able to carry on, Cleo. Afterwards, yes. um, she sent me a Bob Ross sticker. You know Bob Ross, who does the Joy of Painting. Is that what it's called? Uh, a Bob Ross sticker, but unfortunately, she's clipped it on with a paper clip, which has scarred Bob's head oh. in the post. It looks like Bob Ross was delivered by Von Toos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I still like the sticker for all his scarring. Um, I'll forgive him that. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Oh, Frank just said... I'm going to give some insight. Am I allowed to share this, Frank? Well, I can't remember what I said, but let's go for it. Let's go for it. Um, sometimes Frank has some interesting views on things. And, uh, discuss this, Al. I've gone off Peter Sellers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll tell you why I've gone off Peter Sellers, because he visited... You know, I've... I'm now using the Beatles Get Back documentary as a sort of guide to life. And um, Peter said, I think I established last week that John Lennon was clearly a massive fan of the goons. Yeah. Anyway, they were visited in the studio by Peter Sellers. And oh, man, I just wanted to slap him. It's like he's with the Beatles and he really looks really bored sitting with the Beatles right, recording music. It's, have you seen it? It's just one of the most excruciatingly awkward moments. Oh, get out, Sellers. I haven't seen That's it. the sequel to Get Back. Yeah, get exactly. Out. Get out. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, I've gone off him. Okay. And he's, and he's a genius. <laughs> so, listen. Oh, yes, I also had... Uh, oh, this is a good... I had a card with a, a selection of uh, different cheeses on it. From Mrs. Beaton's um, uh, cookbook. Oh, you're still friends with her? No, yeah. (laughs) Um, Richard sent me this, and he also sent me, I mean, I can hardly tell you how pleased I was to receive this. He has sent me a Spectrum Pursuit vehicle, which is, we were discussing Captain Scarlet and did he sit backwards (laughs) or forwards in a spectrum pursuit? He's clearly sitting uh, facing backwards (laughs) in this. It also, it it does speak. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but this is some of its things. The spectrum jet has crashed. Delivered quite deadpan. I mean, I'd (laughs) I'd have thought that was big news. I can see that. Can I just do the last one, Al, because this is my favourite? Yeah. I'm in the SPV and I'm on my way. 
Oh, that one I like. The the Spectrum jet has crashed made me worry a little. <laughs> yes, it's uh I think it's old news. Um yeah. this looks like a vintage toy. I've just noticed you pointed out last week the uh Faye, who's um our assistant producer, mm. had on a tank top in a sort of orangey, burnt orange collar, and you compared it to Captain Scarlet. Well, she had a black long sleeve <laughs> thing under it. It looked exactly like the Spectrum uh, uniform. So you, if you were Colonel White, you wore a white um, gilet. And if you were Captain Scarlet, obviously the Scarlet and so on. And Captain Black wore... Oh, he had, like, matching black and black on there. You know, you know when you wear a T-shirt over anything with long black sleeve? I, yes. I find it impossible to do that without thinking chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> From all the days in my youth when people used to put chimpanzees in T-shirts for entertainment, the long black arms hanging beneath. And, Frank, well, I've told you this before. What is T-shirt over shirt? Anyone? Anyone? I don't know. Oh. Tory MP at a jumble sale. Oh, of course. We're cha- that's a charity T-shirt, though, isn't it? Yeah. That they're forced... Yeah, yeah, often with, like, the tie-on and everything <laughs> underneath. Yeah, it's a good cause, of course. Yeah. We're not disputing that. Um, yeah, so I had a brilliant birthday, and thank you for various uh, cards things. Uh, um, lovely. Okay. So, uh, yeah, oh, it's all done. The pre- I'm just going to start a new thing. The producer was up like a like a whippet. Yeah. Um, to stop me. God, it sounds it's a brutal business. Um, I, me and uh, Emily, Al, we went uh, we went on the town last week after the show. Yeah. Did you? Um, we did. Emily took me for a, for lunch. This is a birthday treat. Uh, for lunch, and then um, I had a sort of fancy fish and chips, black and cod. You had, I nice. thought he's changed. Yes. And then we went to see uh, The Shark is Broken. Yes. Oh, we I was s- only talking about this very production to somebody last night. Well, it's very, Frank, you explain what it is, really. Okay. I want to do it in song form. <laughs> the Shark is Broken. <laughs> Like an animatronic dolphin. <laughs> no, um, it's about it's a play about the making of the film Jaws. Yeah. Yes. And the the remarkable thing about it is that it's written or co-written by um, Ian Shaw, Ian who's Shaw. an old university friend of mine. And Ian Shaw is the son of Robert Shaw and looks exactly like him who starred in the film. So yeah. he's playing his dad and it's almost very odd to see him in that cap and everything. exactly like him. But he's, it was great. We loved it. We loved it. And he was, and we went back afterwards to see him. We went back, we? Went back. We, we, we met outside the stage door. We did. And he you know, came out, and uh, he was it, charming. Yeah, I shook his hand. I think out, out, outdoor handshaking is allowed on the And some selfie B. people got a strange two-for-one, Frank. Oh, With you and Shaw. I was worried that... Um, those people and there was a few off there was a great bit where someone said to me can I have your autograph have you got a pen and I just pointed at this enormous stationery shop which was right next to the place mm-hmm. um, now I think those people thought that I went from stage door to stage door on a Saturday uh, just right. getting attention some tragic mm-hmm. almost like a phantom of the opera type figure 
who went around hoping to, to cash in on someone else's uh, success. Well, that always said maybe they thought, and as himself, Frank Skinner. Exactly. Weird. <laughs> Frank wants to get a job as the shark. I had to tell him. Well, I have. I was an animatronic parrot once, you may recall, in a, in a sitcom pilot. I played... You can... You can guess why I got this job. It was called Jasper Parrot. <laughs> so it had like a Birmingham accent. And I had to sit in an enormous um, harness thing on a throne and operate the parrot. It's tremendous fun. Sounds fun. But we never saw the shark, as you can... What about uh, those kids we had sitting next to us? Oh, they were a nightmare, Frank. Well, I were couldn't they? hear them. They what? were on my bad side. Out. I've discovered something extraordinary. Frank is much more tolerant than me. No, I couldn't or, hear them. Or, or waxier is what <laughs> exactly. I'm guessing. That is also possible. Uh, there was a bit, though, where um, Emily said to me, oh, God, these kids, will they ever shut up? Because there was a bit when the lights went down, one of them went, why is it going dark? <laughs> anyway, they, were, they were just, you know, they were, it was inappropriate. I think the mum made a mistake. It wasn't really suited for I kids. I think, yeah, it was clearly, they had all sweet bags with them. I think she mm. thought it was a sort of, like, something to do with the shark song or something. It was a kid's play. But I did say to Emily, well, if you make theatre about cinema, you're likely to get uh, a cinema audience instead of a theatre audience. And she said, oh, my God, it's like being out with my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Which I took as a tremendous compliment, actually. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, um, yeah, it was good. I like a making of... Yeah. I've got to get back oh, yeah. by the Beatles. The shark is broken. What's your favourite making of 8, 12, 15? What about that for, what about that for a link? That is a, that's a text in. There'll be some uh, crackers. Do you think that Robert Shaw, that's a case of um, nominative determinism, this, this idea that your name can lead you, have an effect on your life and what you do with your life, like mm. Gary Player becoming a uh, golfer. Mm-hmm. Robert Shaw is in one of the great sea-based films of all time. This is true. Do you think that? Oh. As in Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. Oh, got you. I'm wondering if that could be relevant. It's like, um, remember that picture of Peter Stringfellow in a thong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's quite, that's some gear change. That, that, but that was nominative determinism. <laughs> Talking surely. about one of the gracious actors. And now you've got Peter Stringfellow. <laughs> I, um, I have a soft spot for Peter Stringfellow. I've yeah. said this many times that when he said on telly, when asked what he found to talk to his 18 year old wife about, he said, well, well, this is my advantage, you see, I'm very shallow. Mm. So, and I always loved him for that. <laughs> I mean, we knew, but for him to just come out with it. I felt like I was at Stringfellows for part of the evening because there was a lady next to me, I can say this, who was bending down and she was wearing leopard print leggings. And you've got to be careful. Yeah, I have Mm. no comment on this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it was a lot. Well, anyway... um, (laughs) We've had a text in about the shark is broken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 577. I saw the shark is broken the other week and was blown away by Ian Shaw. Also loved the songs playing before the play started, which I realised were all from the year Jaws was filmed. 
haven't heard Billy Don't Be a Hero for years. That's Tracy and Boreham Wood. That's a level of attention to detail I wouldn't have picked up on. No, I, I did. We did notice that. It would, you know, it was Sugar the, Baby Loft by the Rubik. It was one of the first times I could sit there and say, Frank, what's this? And yes. you know he could answer every single one. Yes, it's. Um, it was impressive. Sugar Baby Loft was that. Uh, Incredible. I was saying that they, you know, people have a gimmick in the music business. You didn't have to, the bar wasn't very high then for gimmicks. Their gimmick was they wore white caps. I mean, it's not, it's not a massive thing, is it? But uh, everyone was talking about it. <laughs> you know, considering what you have to do now. Because I felt a certain connection as well with the production, because I once interviewed Richard Dreyfus who was also in Jaws. And he was on the, um, my chat show, as was, plugging um, the producers, which he was about to open in, in the West End. I think we need to say Dreyfus, don't we? Oh, is it? I think it is. Oh, well, it'll always be Dreyfus. I think I called him Dreyfus on the night. <laughs> uh, is it Dreyfus? You might be right. I thought oh, it was Dreyfus. You know what I mean. But who cares? Come on. Anyway, the more importantly, yeah, on yeah. the night, he said, look, don't come. Don't." I just want to say to anyone watching, don't come to the show for the first six <laughs> weeks because it's nowhere near ready. <laughs> and when I went back into the green room after that, the PR woman was in tears. Third comedy. <laughs> she, she was so upset by it. <laughs> Um, so I yeah, and in the film he's something of a loose cannon. So in the uh, play rather, so uh, that fitted the Dreyfus Dreyfus. Let's call the whole thing uh, Richard. Um, didn't really work, did he? Do that again, Paul. Okay. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. On the subject of the outdoor handshake and all that, I realised this week there aren't many people left now who I hog outside my immediate family. But my chiropodist is one of them. As As I left him this week, we hogged, and I thought... Yeah, why do we still do that? Why do we, did we ever do it, me and the chiropodist? But it feels right. I suppose it's an intimate act in many ways. As a male yeah. chiropodist. It's male, yeah. How, I mean, what sort of... Oh, God, I wouldn't hug the female. You know, my, it, I go... It f- is odd, I mean, because it's sort of a, a working relationship. It, it feels a bit like if you told us that you ran your fingers through the hair of the window cleaner. That's yeah. Sort of... Well, if only we had a window cleaner. We've decided <laughs> to go frosted. Oh. We, um, no, that, the thing about... If it was a woman, I definitely wouldn't. Do you remember um, our, pre- if I may mention our previous producer, Daisy, mm-hmm. she um, told me off once, she said you got the most unpleasant hog. <laughs> and uh, it was like, it's like a sandwich board. If I hug a woman, it, I can go for the shoulders, but then I have to have complete separation from the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Because right. there are some men who, when mm-hmm. they go into a hog with a woman, there's an opportunist thing which I find yeah. very unpleasant. Yeah. Mm. It's you can almost hear Marty McCutcheon going through their brain saying, This is my moment. Yeah. yeah, I don't like or it. Or maybe, um, of course, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Eurovision song, 
My time, it's my time. Oh, oh no, I don't like that. Oh, oh Daisy, by the way, oh, yeah. former producer, told me, you know, we had these things about food things that are like sausage and beans, and there's there's only there's no sausage in it and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, food yeah. accidents mm. that you complain about. She was telling me that she'd bought a Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. That had no biscuit element; that it was solid no. chocolate. I said that you shouldn't have had that. That's like a oh, that's amazing. That's a museum piece. <laughs> mm. I'd be so but happy tempting. if I got that. But would you yeah. be happy? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, then, if I'd wanted that, I would have bought a, a galaxy. Do you know what? Enough. I think I do secretly want that when I buy. Oh a yeah, see, so the biscuit <laughs> is just a ruse. It's a compromise purchase. I'm You're not absolutely lie. right. What about when I got makeup on Daisy's white top once? <gasps> How did you do that? Just by kissing a hello. Oh, okay. Because it was resting the foundation. It does happen. You see, normally the social contract dictates. I've mm. seen it many a time. I've seen gentlemen wipe wipe it off a suit, an expensive white shirt. They don't say anything. Not Daisy. She said, you've got makeup on my white top. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I said, oh, I said, I don't think it was me. I think it was you. She said, no, it was you. I said, it was you. It was you. Oh, dear. I'm glad. Again, I'm on for four hours. I'm, I'm glad I was Do you know I bought her a new one? Did you? <laughs> yes. That, wow, worth remembering. Yeah. Good use of do you know there. I liked do you know. I think you, I think you might have got a bit of makeup on my Lexus. <laughs> uh, well, I've heard some names. Now, listen. <laughs> Some of that occurred to me during The Shark is Broken, by the way, and I, don't, I feel I might have mentioned this before, but it's a long time ago. Mm. Um, has the intermission disappeared in films? Because there's, there's, no, um, there's no interval in the play. Mm. But in, you know films are getting longer and longer. Does the intermission still exist, where you, you get so. a little break and people have... Because it was a great money spinner. I don't know if you've ever Mm -hmm. done a gig anywhere, Al. The moment you tell them that you're not doing an interval, they become very irate. Because obviously it's... Yeah. Anyone recently experienced a cinema intermission? We'd love to uh, hear from you. (laughs) And not like 1968. Yeah. Not like Cheyenne Autumn in 1969. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 8.12.15, for goodness sake. Stop being so tight. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Bob Gale's off in the middle of Live Aid. Exactly. Nice to hear the potential texters being admonished the same way I am so often in real life. Stop being so tight. (laughs) Oh, we were very tight. I had uh, George Harris. I've gone Beatles. I tell you what's happened. Do you know he's Beatles mad? It's that Kath had no interest in the Beatles, and we watched that thing, and now we're uh, we're watching the anthology now. She, yeah. There's no stopping her. Yeah. So it's it's like discovering it through someone else. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Haven't you got a mother or a father? Oh. <laughs> uh, that's actually the Ravens in uh, or oh, Vultures. In Jungle Book, not the Beatles. I find that very sad. That film. Do you? Mm. I um. I find a lot of children's films very sad. I find this. It's a, there's a darkness in me. Some tremendous irresponsibility <laughs> of the adult animals in the the play, like the 
like the bear Baloo that takes Mowgli to you know dangerous places. Yeah, I know. Come on, guys. Uh, well, come on, Al. It's, uh, it's about building up his resilience, though, isn't it? By the time you get to the end, oh, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, oh, here maybe. we go. The old Spartan correspondent. That's like you know, yeah. <laughs> letting the kid touch the electric fire, you know, as, a, as an interesting life lesson. Yeah. Do people still have electric fires? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No. And what was the other Too one? Too many cats perished. The other one was, uh, well, the classic, the life lesson chair, I would say, was uh, throw them in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, God, that, yeah. was a, that was a big one, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Did um, you get thrown in the deep end? No. I oh. got... Um, our Keith tipped water over me in the paddling pool in the garden. I've been frightened of water ever since. Thanks for that, Keith. <laughs> I got thrown in the deep end at the house, inevitably as a showbiz link, at the house of uh, Robert Morley. Did you really? Are you familiar with his work? Of course, yeah, Robert Morley. Um, father of Sheridan? Yes. Yes. Robert Morley was one of those actors you don't really get anymore. No, he was very... And Hugo Morley, who was Robert's son, yeah. whose who's godfather rather brilliantly said, yes, my godfather, Noel Coward. Oh. <laughs> Threw me in the deep end. There you go. Did you swim? Wow. No, I cried. Underwater? And I got, let, oh, I got scooped out. Oh, OK. <laughs> Crying isn't really in the options. It's usually sink or swim. Yeah. People say you sink or swim. Well, There's cry- no sink or swim or I, sea, I, I, cry. I, cried, I just screamed and then I cried when I emerged. <laughs> Crying underwater is uh, wasted <laughs> effort indeed. <laughs> Anyway, let's brighten things up with um, some of the texts we've received about intermissions in cinema. Um, do they the still exist? In. They do. Nine one four has texted in two in two thousand and fifteen. I think it was my wife and I went to watch Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. It had an intermission at the hour and a half mark. You should have seen my wife's face. She went from being so happy because she thought the film had finished to <laughs> shock and disbelief that she had to sit through the same again in Act Two. It was a dull film, admittedly, and that's oh, from God. Tom. Oh, <laughs> one of the great filmmakers. Uh, I haven't seen it. Mm. I had a, I had a quite a big argument with him on uh, Late Night with Wogan. Did you? About, about violence in films. Yeah. What did you say to him? He said that uh, Reservoir Dogs was very realistic violence. And I said, no, no it isn't at all realistic. It's the opposite of realistic. Because real violence yeah. as this ongoing thing that affects the family, it affects the person afterwards, it affects the yeah. rest of their lives. I said, you haven't even given them proper names. What, Mr Pink? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. I can really empathise with Mr Pink and Mr Green. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he got quite... Um, he was all right. We made friends in the end. But, yeah, we had a proper that's row good. about it. Yeah. Anyway, that's me and Tarantino. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think we better break on that. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've had uh, this in from Emetan Guna. Oh, be a nice friend for me. Yeah. Cinema intervals are most definitely a thing here in Switzerland. Oh, OK. Uh, this is, it's also at, uh, we said it was Basel, not Basel, didn't we, Frank? I can't remember. Anyway. I think it is Basel, Is it Basel yeah. or is it? Basel? Oh, I thought it was Basel. No, maybe it's Basel. Anyway. Let's call, let's the, call whole the whole thing, thing off. Let's call yeah. the whole thing Zurich. Remember <laughs> being shocked first time as I hadn't seen one in the UK for so long. Yes. Fifteen years later... 
and at, at the latest, the Bond film is still going strong. It seems to be a cigarette break for the smokers. Oh, I see. Is that still a big thing in uh, Switzerland? Oh, yeah. You set your watch by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, also, I own a Faz, the old... Do you? Where do you park it? <laughs> <laughs> the old West Side Story DVD had an intermission featured on it. When I went Did it on the, on the DVD? DVD. Cool. When I went to see it, quite controlling. I mean, it I is. bought this DVD. Yeah. I'll make the decision. I've got pause. Thanks very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I would say well, I've is, got pause. when I watch um, when I watch a film at home, I almost never watch it all in one night. Really? Yeah, oh, too long. It's too long. That's a bit too long. So, yeah, I'll watch a film over four or five nights. I find that really old. Oh, yeah. 45 minutes is enough of almost any film. God, I'd, I could never ever Really? Why not? I think it's awful. Oh, why? <laughs> oh, you two were getting on so I well. Know. I know. I don't, know. but do you know what? Fever la difference. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just feel, you know, you, you, I see you as a very disciplined character. It's one of the qualities well, I admire most disciplined. in you. Is it? Well, Kath always says to me, I don't know how you can take a bar of chocolate out of the fridge, eat two squares and then put yeah. it back in. And it's the same thing with the film. I just have two squares. <laughs> I don't want to gorge myself on a whole film. Okay. I'm quite a gorger. Mm. Um, Al, what You're else? You're gorgeous. Oh. I think I'm back here now. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Al, what else? We've had some other uh, missives in. Uh, well, 350 uh, has texted, I went to see one of the new Star Wars films a few years ago in Dover and they had an intermission where they served cups of tea in actual <laughs> mugs through a hole in the wall at the side of the room. That was the first <laughs> Very intermission I've experienced. <laughs> In the cinema <laughs> since I was a child. I have never. I mean, that sounds. Fun. This is through a war on there. That's unbelievable. That's See in the interval. How did it? You know, people's women sitting with blankets around them waiting for news. <laughs> um, wow. I, I tell you, I'd, I'd be very keen. When I was um, when I was a young man. We'd go to the cinema, like, we'd, we'd go somewhere and say, should we go to the cinema? And we'd just go to the cinema. We wouldn't look at any listings or anything. Really? So we'd go to the cinema and go in and maybe watch the last 40 minutes of a film and then stay and watch the first hour. Really? And then go and put two and two together. <laughs> and so now watch... you're the person who chunks films into 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we can see is... how that was. Yeah, I watch them in order, though, now. Yeah. So I'd watch the ending and then sit and watch the beginning. It's an interesting mental exercise. I think mm-hmm. Al's right. I think that's really defined your viewing habits, yeah. those early experiences. I think it's defined my life. I find now I can look yeah. backward or forward and still be able to <laughs> uh, con- construct a narrative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little tip there for the youngsters listening. Tom Sawyer, wait, wait. by the way, has Oops. just got in touch. Tom Sorry, Sawyer, I. OK. Yeah. Tom has Sawyer. he finished that fence yet? <laughs> 
I don't know, but it, they look very frayed, the bottom of his jeans. Oh, him and Hock Finn. <laughs> Who are they? The turnips are somewhere, um, somewhere in the swamp. I mean, they really do sit in the serrated edge chair. Mm. Good morning, all. A belated happy birthday to Frank. Re-cinema intermissions. Walton Cinema in Liverpool still has them. Oh, good. It's an old picture house with just one screen. Is it somebody's home, essentially? (laughs) The lady also still stands at the front with a tray of ice creams and sweets. Brilliant. What you want is one of those cubicles on the way in. You know, those you used to get, get your tickets. Fantastic. It sounds lovely. I like those old uh, picture houses. Very well. What we used to call them. Um, on the subject of cinema, I'd like to bring your attention to a news story from uh, from Manchester, where I live this week. Oh, uh, Manchester. Which is the, um, it's Juicy Street Warehouse Complex, according to the uh, news article, are um, are doing cinema offerings for dogs. What do you think of that? <laughs> they're uh, they're um, apparently now there's an appetite for this. It's not enough to give your dog a, a walk and some treats. Apparently, you take it to the the cinema, and the, they're saying in the in the article that people can take their their dogs along to watch Lassie and Hotel for Dogs and the original Scooby-Doo. Well... Mm. So they've adapted... I've seen this. They've... I mean, I know a lot about these dog screenings, Frank. Oh, okay. They adapt the cinema for dogs, essentially. Right. So... It's tiled. It's it's completely tiled, the floor. (laughs) That's what I was wondering. (laughs) How does that bit work? I don't want to be vulgar, but I feel sorry for the people that clean up the cinema after I take my children there, but if I took my whippet... I know, I mean, I feel a lot better about popcorn on the carpet if... uh... (laughs) <laughs> need an industrial hygiene check after. Apparently, it's well, it's it has uh, it's kind lighting, which my dog really appreciates. He's kind lighting. Okay. No, it's to do with because they don't like it too bright. The dogs, mm. um, but then equally, they get frightened if it's too dark. Okay. Okay. You see that yeah. that worries me because I, I read <laughs> the fact that it isn't as dark as a normal <laughs> cinema. Um, and I went to see Master and Commander. You oh, know that film? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Mm. I went to see that on Brighton Beach. How was it? It was still... Obviously, it was in the summer, because it has to be warm enough to sit on Brighton Beach. But in the summer, it doesn't get dark till about half past nine. Mm. So a lot of it was peering, thinking you could just about see oh. the picture. You know when you have... Yeah. Um, you know when you get a T-shirt done at somewhere like Pronto Print and you wash it a couple of times <laughs> and there's a fabulous sort of a mystical faded glory to the yeah. face. That's what... I, you just couldn't see hardly. Oh, it's the laptop on holiday syndrome. We've all been there. Well, yes. yes. And the trouble is with then you get the same tan line as the Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. So the dog cinema, they mm. get, they get free. Um, do they get treats? I think they get, you know, and I, I, I don't like that so much when they, they give products sort of cutesy dog names like poor mm. corn. Poor corn. <laughs> well, yeah. Brett, I've been sent poor secco for Ray before. 
Oh, oh uh, for Prosecco. Uh, yeah. The dogs don't eat, uh, they don't drink alcohol, do they, dogs? <laughs> No. no. Well, I think, I think we had a dog who drank beer, but uh, yeah. only to my old man's enormous distress. Well, I was <laughs> once interviewing the TV presenter Anita Rani, and we encountered a gentleman on our dog walk in the park, and his dog ran over him as being quite sort of over the top, but he said, sorry about him, he's a bit hungover. Oh, and oh. I don't think that's very good. Oh, I don't know what to make of that. I imagine the two of them, maybe the dog in full clothing, sitting at night drinking. Awful. It makes me feel quite uh, square that my dog's gluten-free. She's not even having... Is she really? Okay, is that a health thing or a... Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she's one of those people. Yeah. You know, she's the sort of person that says, is this bread gluten-free and right. looks at it, you know. Well, my my um, dog, I can't, the films that they suggest, like yeah. Scooby-Doo, last thing. <laughs> we, um, the other night, me, Kath and Boz was watching uh, Racing Post Greyhound TV. Oh, okay. yeah. I don't know if you know that channel. <laughs> but it's just Greyhound racing all night. The dog was going absolutely <laughs> ballistic. I mean, mm-hmm. barking and bark, to the point where we had to switch it off. Really? Boz was nearly wetting himself laughing <laughs> when he said, why do they run? What makes them run? And I said, well, if you, a, a hare goes past on a monorail. <laughs> and he was killing himself laughing. And then a hare went past on a monorail. And then that made him even... But the dog... So... If we took our dog, it would have to be a film that was um, canine-free because... Uh, really? Yeah, she just yeah. barks. She barks at... Um, there was a polar bear on. She went absolutely <laughs> ballistic. <laughs> and the only human being is... Um, who's the lady who's the leader of the SMP? <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon. Nicola yeah, she barks at Nicola Sturgeon. Um, I don't know why. She seems a perfectly nice woman. Well, you see, Raymond doesn't... So. She's a unionist, the dog. <laughs> Raymond has never barked, as you know. Never barked? No, he doesn't bark. Wow. That's like never a crossword, isn't it, me and Raymond? It's good to have a rule. <laughs> it is, yeah. Good, good rule for a dog. Barking, not I, me. I'm slightly ashamed of it. People say, why, what's wrong with him? Why doesn't he bark? But mm-hmm. he just never has. It's like the Harper Marx approach to, <laughs> exactly. to life. Does he play piano? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... Oh, that was the other one. That was Chico. He played the harp, obviously. Harpo, the clue was in there. Yeah. I asked you couldn't have a dog playing a harp. That would be unreasonable. I asked Graham yeah. Hall, who Frank and I... Uh, the, b- the dog father. Found, yeah, he's fabulous. And he seemed to think there's nothing... It's nothing to worry about, it's all right. He seemed to think I shouldn't worry about it. I think it's a plus, to be honest. Do you? Mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a bit embarrassing. I mean, I make it sound <laughs> comical, barking at the greyhound racing, but you do think, oh, what do the neighbours think? Right. You say that, but who do you... Who's your favourite Marx brother? Groucho. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, the big barker. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. But, uh, 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 yeah, I, I don't really... The dog doesn't look... <laughs> doesn't have much... Uh, Groucho Marx characteristics. It's not whipping. It. It's one of a shouting <laughs> thing. It's yeah, sort of a Brian Blessed figure. <laughs> and you can only live with that for you know for so long. And if you have a volume switch. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute.
one thing that bothers me slightly about this article that we've been <laughs> discussing about the dogs going to the cinema is that they say in the headline, shall we watch Star Paws or The mm. Hound of Music? Uh-huh. Now, why have they changed <laughs> why have they changed the titles of some other films when there are loads of films that include dogs? Like why didn't right. they just say 101 Dalmatians or you know, Hound yeah. of the Baskervilles. Well, they, say, well they, have, they have to justify their earnings <laughs> by coming up with puns for headlines, to be fair. But they're rubbish. Yeah. No, they are rubbish. They I mean, when better. it comes to our standard. Yeah, yeah we would have been in there yes. with much better. What about um, Citizen Canine? I mean, very that's good. Absolutely, oh, yes. Yeah. I'm not, I don't really really gonna, I think me and Al should leave that as done. <laughs> that's a job done. Yeah. That's what my dog said it. when he went to the cinema. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I tell you what I learnt recently about dogs. <clears throat> I was under the um, impression that dogs only saw in black and white. Yes, I always hear that. Is that an urban myth that they're colour blind? Well, I, 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 it always troubled me because of the old paintings of them playing pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Very but difficult. apparently, they can also see blue and yellow, as Is well that as right? that. So they would. Um, so they're okay on snooker. Yeah, Wolverine. Oh. They'd love. What they like. And the uh, Britney Spears Toxic video. Oh. Well, I believe the, <laughs> the flight attendant's uniform. Oh, yes. I believe it's a blue and yellow. I thing. think Banana Man is blue and yellow as well, if you he recall is. him. Yeah. Yes, I do. Eric. That's a great track, uh, Toxic. Toxic. Oh, man. I think it co-written is. by Kathy Dennis. Was it really? There you go. It's used in... Um, the second episode of the revived Doctor Who, I think, at the oh, uh, well, we the end of the world. Here we go. Yeah, that's that's what to, I have to ruin think everything, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's great, though. Britney, then, she was great. Well, I bet they ruin it, though, because they have some man coming in in a strange monster costume saying, Perimeter eliminated. There was quite a lot of that. Mm. It's, it was alien heavy, that particular episode. There was the, wood, <laughs> the, wood, the wooden people. And then there was the, the woman who people. was just there was yeah they looked well, they like scary. they what? looked like trees, hmm. and then there was um, oh god what's her name uh, she something like Castrovalva but that's a, a different mm. and I she mean, to be fair <laughs> sci-fi she looked like often. a trampoline. <laughs> There's oh, a woman she? who looked like a trampoline, but she was human skin stretched out. Are you joking? I suppose they had to counterbalance the wooden people. Well, exactly. She had to be. End of the she had to be moistened regularly. Oh, Let yeah. she should split. Can I just say the wooden people, Al? How much thought did they give that? Well, well I think look it's great. a bit harsh on the actors, personally. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Haven't they had enough reviews like that? Yeah. <laughs> Someone will send in. It's going to annoy me now. What's her name? Madam. Cassandra, that's what she's called. The the stretch. Oh, based on the based on the Greek. Um, We've discussed yeah. this before, Cassandra. I've yes. told you about Cassandra. Mm-hmm. You can spend the next break reminding yourself. Okay, I've forgotten about Cassandra. <laughs> that was her her fate. Was to always know become what a trampoline. No, <laughs> what was going to happen in the future? Oh, is that a fate? Mm. Mm. Well, that's, that's not what we say on Racing Post <laughs> Greyhound TV. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
Um, this is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Those days are gone of uh, doing your time, etc. Um, I'm with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 81215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. The producer just came over to me, and I quite liked it, Frank. Yeah. It was like we were in an office workplace. She came over in quite a proprietorial way and was pointing at her pen, because I had her pen. She wanted her pen back. I don't know. <laughs> no respect. I quite liked it. Got her no respect, as I think the song I quite used enjoyed to say. it. Yeah. Um, can I... By the way, we were just getting nostalgic about cigarette lighters. Can you believe that? And I was on about when people used to have these <laughs> lighters that were connected to, like, 25 pounds of onyx. Mm. Massive, chunky, geologically-based cigarette yes. oh, lighters yeah. that people had. What happened to those? If anyone's got one of those, do let us know. I'd love to, I'd love to know that they're still out there. They haven't been broken up for landfill. They were very much part of the uh, the businessman's toys collection. Were they? Along with, do you remember the balls? Oh, oh yes. yeah, the uh, Newton's Cradle. Lovely. I knew you knew yes. the name for them, Frank. <clears throat> uh, can I just share some outside world with you? Do you remember I mentioned Kathy Dennis and the song Toxic, being a co-writer? Yes. Nine oh six has texted in. Claiming, I say claiming because we have to leave this, you know, who knows, but claiming that Kathy Dennis wrote Toxic allegedly, I think that's enough claiming and allegedly, about her relationship with super vet Noel Fitzpatrick. Really? That's from KB and Banger. Now, we, we neither confirm or deny, we don't know. I do know super vet, he's a charming man. Whether this is true or not, I don't know, but can I just say, I wouldn't mind having that song written about me. Well, I don't, right. I don't know what um, the, I don't really know the lyrics of it. Well, what top six a bit of a clue. I mean, that's yeah, clue but in I the mean, title. It, it could have been, you know, about you know that time I put some fake um, tropical fish in with uh, someone's real tropical fish as a joke, and then all the fish died. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been about that. <laughs> What would you say was the most famous? Of course, you know who that song's about. Oh, I got it in one. Go on. You're so vain. You're so vain. And it was... Warren Beatty. Oh, oh, man, everybody (laughs) went on and on. Of course, it's Warren Beatty, you know. I think we said Beatty. I thought it was about me. You're so vain, not you, Al. Oh, of course, I bet you think this song is about you. And uh, Taylor Swift wrote a few about Harry, I believe, didn't she? Did she? Mm. I didn't didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll think of some more. Um, Did she write that? I wish I could fly (laughs) right up to the sky, but I can't. And then Harry's video producer comes in. You can, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Styles lad, as you call him. Yeah, Stylesy. We've also had a text in about from 564 about the wooden people. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I can't remember their species name. Oh, I'm not. The wooden people, perhaps the finest example of that'll do. Yeah. Keep up the good work. This is from Pete, who's waterproofing in Kent. Oh, I thought he was going to tell us the character yeah. name or something. There was quite an attractive um, wooden woman. <laughs> not mm. something you say every day. You know you, you're on likely crush list. That's yes. topped it. Yeah. 
One of my uh, unlikely crushes was um, Ray from Star Wars, but not the real one, the Lego one that was in Hanley's. Another unlikely crush, Al, was a woman getting out of a bar. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, can, can I say... The senior that's, people. That's that the door, sounds saucier than it is, but she was doing it through a door. Mm-hmm. Was it Thora Hurt? No, it wasn't. It was a very attractive woman. It was, yeah, more my age group. Not a bad thing. No. Um, do, do they operate like a lock in a canal system, the uh, walking baths? That's what I, I would like to know. I like your pin-ups have changed. You <laughs> it like takes women, an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to stand there with like a tiny bit of water around your feet while the levels come up. There's a man who stands at the gate who turns it around in a small shed. <laughs> I mean, you need a big, you need a big bathroom. Absolute radio. Eight one nine. Have you seen this, Al? Uh, let me have a look. Eight one. on an email. Oh, I do. No, you listen. You go ahead with your email. Like to show the innards. No, no. no let's you... do eight one nine, and then we'll go to the um, the email that I've got. Um, okay. Ready to Eight one nine. Morning, Frank and team. Never mind the onyx cigarette lighters. What about those ashtrays on stands with the push mechanism which used to spin around and dispose of the ash in the receptacle below? Circa 1960s, 1970s. Do you remember those? I wonder if there's any of those still knocking around. Well... That's um, from Anne. I think if you want to become a collector of something, ashtrays is probably not a bad place <laughs> to start. Um, gross. What but, a gross hobby that would be, though. But <laughs> we talk. Uh, we were talking about that. Now, I was, sa- I was saying that two doors open for the cigarette end in those um, cigar- um, ashtrays on a stand. And you suggested that they spun round. It looks like you got it right, Emily oh. Dean. I think there were two types, though. There was the sort of Venus fly. You know, there was a, it, it was sort of, it whizzed around. And then there was another <clears throat> mechanism which was a bit more sophisticated. I think obviously smoking is very bad for you and anyone uh, uh, listening, um, I want to make that clear that we think that. But there used to be some fabulous paraphernalia that came with it. And I remember my brother's feeling of sophistication when he bought a packet of what they call Sobranis. And they were in, uh, they were called cocktail cigarettes and they came in various pastel shades. So there was like three or four colours in the same box and there was a pink and a blue and it was, oh, yes, we were standing in Smethwick outside the baths saying, oh, what about this for a cocktail cigarette? Yes. I wonder if you can still get those those babies. Anyway, bad for you. Don't do it. That's that's the message, kids. Yep. If you're listening, uh, we've had other correspondents, Al, haven't we? We have. In um, in one of Frank's crowd pleasing textings, he's asked, uh, "What's the best making of documentary you've ever seen?" Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and and there's an email. I I think this. Occasionally we move out of comedy on this show and into what I like to think of as just interestingness. That's all right. Um, I think both are, are acceptable on radio. Yes, but well, what's that thing Frank often quotes? Was it a friend of yours who said it's not called the Edinburgh Interesting Festival? Sarah, Sarah Millican <laughs> said that. Sarah yes. Millican, which I love. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is interesting. Joss has uh, emailed, Hey, guys, the best making of documentary is the one that accompanies the film Russian Ark, 
This is a 90-minute film shot in one single unbroken take. It's a journey through Russian history and was filmed in the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg with a cast of hundreds. The museum could only be closed for one day to accommodate the filming, so there were huge pressures for it to be done on time. But if there were any mistakes, filming had to restart. It's a fascinating behind-the-scenes account of an extraordinary film. Um, That's nice, isn't it? That sounds incredible. All had to be done in one shot. It sounds tense. Oh, man. It says, praise praise redacted will the sue gray report say parties redacted <laughs> i think it's very possible well we'll see um, sue gray steve burgess as well has just quickly making of west side story oh, leonard bernstein pretty much telling jose carreras he's not very good lots of <laughs> frank butcher style pinching of the top of his nose oh it's one of my favorite documentaries ever mm. i'm going to send you a link i'd like to see it's that. full of jose 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 I'm basing it on Mourinho, but he says a lot, uh, Maestro, please. I have it's a, quite mem- distressing at times. a memory of someone on the f- on the phone arguing about money with... And is it, like, is it something like the making of Apocalypse Now or something like that? Oh, that sounds oh. good. And a, a terrible gut-wrenching, <laughs> difficult phone call that you're so happy you're not part of, it just raises you up. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Turn to one of my favourite districts. I'm calling it previously. Ah, yes. This is when people refer to things that happened in uh, previous shows, mm. um, giving a fabulous continuity and operating, I think, like um, in Mazorsky's um, um, pictures at an exhibition. Lovely. There is a continuing theme that goes in between each. Uh, picture lovely lead. yeah it, it works we need to have a jingle really what about Jethro Tull living in the a past a bit like Mussorgsky's pictures <laughs> at an exhibition continuous theme what about that have you got something That's a bit good. less obvious <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, it's gonna have to be love it how do you want to kick off? Because we've had uh, the ain't theme is proving very popular with the previous. Yeah, we were talking community. about celebrities who um, you've, you either you think say ain't, as in uh, and uh, I uh, ain't quibbling with that that kind of ain't, mm-hmm. um, and and then there's all sorts of celebrity ain'ts have been examples uh, are Pete Waterman, yeah, who's yes, you ain't never going to be a pop idol. Uh, Alexander Armstrong? Um, I ain't walking through a cornfield with my collar turned up. <laughs> album trailer or no album trailer? I believe what he actually said oh, was... Uh, no, he said um, he was doing Golden Brown, was he, on his album? And he said, um, Strangler's Light, it ain't. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we've actually, I know we're in the previously doc, but if I could return us to current, we've had a text today from 955 who said, uh, after listening intently for several weeks to readers' nominations for the Ain't Chair, I've been both frustrated and surprised that no one has mentioned B.A. Baracus from the A-Team, i.e. I, I, I ain't getting on no plain fool. Um, oh. 
yeah. I just thought that was too obvious. That yeah. Everybody knows BA saying I, I, yeah. I ain't getting on the plane, fool. That's, I didn't mention it because uh, I slept on traffic roundabouts for much of the time that the A team was on yeah. television. I never. I mean, sat early Saturday evening would, was a tricky one. For I me. feel with BA <laughs> didn't exist for you. No, no. The eight feels less self-conscious in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? I feel with these. For, so, for example, uh, High Skinner and the gang. I've listened since episode one. Always podcast, never live. Okay. But I had to message today, I think we should trail this because it's a good one. Okay. As a few weeks back, you were discussing the word ain't. And now, in the past week, look what we've seen. Okay, and we'll leave it there. And then we'll find out the um, ain't alerts. (laughs) Ain't alerts would be good because you wouldn't be sure if they were alerts. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We had, I left us on hooks, or Neil did rather, one of our loyal listeners who's been mm. listening, he said, since episode one. Goodness, I haven't been listening since then. I ain't either. <laughs> <laughs> and now... Yeah, fickle, he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> You've, there are different types of ain't, and can I say you very much adopt the Pete Waterman? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's that. I mean, people are. I think we've gone on to sort of accidentally because our readers have taken it mm. this way. People just saying ain't, but there is. Mm-hmm. I was started with a specific ain't, and it is. Yeah, it is Strangler's Light. It ain't. It's it's using it ironically. Yeah, mm-hmm. but never mind. And. And now, as Neil says, in this past week, we've seen two high-profile ain'ts. Have we really? Mm-hmm. Firstly, Adele. Did you did you hear Adele saying ain't this week, Frank? I um. Oh, what is is it to do with her um, lack of preparation for Vegas? She says the show ain't ready. Yeah. There you go. And mm-hmm. AJ, our old our friend who we met at the Wimbledon. Anthony Joshua. Oh, yeah. He said, I'm hearing people saying AJ accepts 15 million to step aside. I ain't signed no contract. I ain't seen no contract. He wrote this on a... I don't know if he wrote it on a... Anyway, that's... um. And uh, as Neil points out, it's, they're bringing it back in the same way that Timberlake brought Sexy back. A very <laughs> strong showing from that campaign this week. High profile people. As, as well. Neil says, well, we yeah. ain't heard the last of it. No, I, I imagine <laughs> not. Mm. Um, no, obsolete. It ain't. <laughs> no. I think we can safely say, oh, this show ain't ready. Yeah. How often have we said that? I mean, I can't tell you. On a Saturday morning. We should just go on, don't we? I have done many, (laughs) many, many shows that ain't ready. (laughs) You know, my thing is, um, if uh, if you've booked it, it's it's it. it's, it's, well, it's going to be as ready as, as it is at the time. Isn't, of the she, um, isn't she complaining that there's some kind of swimming pool problem? Is I that mean, right? First world problems. What's, what is the swimming pool problem? I think she's got a swimming pool in the show that she didn't think was right. But In I the saw, show? I saw Tim Key at the Edinburgh Festival and he had a bath on stage. I remember that, that show. That was just at the Edinburgh Festival. You'd think if he can do that in Edinburgh, you could get a swimming pool in Vegas. I would not go swimming pool. Has she not seen Sing? 
<laughs> they get a, a big pool on stage and it completely engulfs the theatre and destroys the whole show. Mm. I think another reason for it is that it was an outbreak of verrucas in the crew. Yeah, well, in that's... The swimming uh, pool. They spread like wildfire. It's, <laughs> it's true. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I love the swimming pool problem. Isolated. They <laughs> ain't. <laughs> Skinner on Absolute Radio. 21st of January 2022, we heard from Jim. Uh, this is previously, but I'm going to use it as a bridge mm. um, into currently because we have been talking about dogs and colour blindness. And mm -hmm. Jim said, listening to last week's show, I was delighted to hear that Alan is colour blind. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. As a sufferer of the condition myself. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought he was just being he cruel. He just didn't like Al. <laughs> <laughs> we don't normally read those texts. No, so. It's an interesting piece of uh, unpleasantness, isn't it? Very happy to hear about his colour blindness. Anyway, bye. <laughs> Jim continues. Mm. I think Jim is something of an Alan fan, in fairness. The mm. reason I ask is that my wife of over 30 years does not accept this as a real thing yeah in a similar way to frank's views on fainting and alan's belief that average speed cameras are a placebo yeah mm. other than this she has a beautiful soul oh. but she claims what I... color is it no good asking you <laughs> but she claims i just couldn't be bothered to learn my colors i hope alan's autobiography is going well best wishes jim couldn't be bothered to learn. Of course, none of us can be certain that we see the same colours as others. So oh, it's see, not... That's my theory. I, I have the same theory as that, mm. basically. Mm. That I, I do see colours, but the labels are a bit different in my head. Mm. And I don't think they're as bright as everybody else's. What does it I don't exclude? Mean the labels, I mean my head. What does it exclude you from, Al? Is it the police that you're not allowed to? I, I think I'm excluded from a lot of things. Can't be a um, pilot. Can't be a pilot. Okay. It's quite I think it might be quite tricky to be an electrician, although I'm excluded from that by the fact that I can't really do manual labour very well at yeah. all. Mm. Um, well, and, and I sometimes there'd be a ramp. There'd be a ramp of difficulty, and then you'd get there. Yeah. Sometimes I can't um, see what colours are on the snooker table if I've ever played proper snooker. Like oh. I occasionally oh. look at the reds and browns and see them as the same. Not easy. Yeah, all there right. Anyway, okay. I, 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 I wish I'd given away points at the Crucible, do I? I wish I'd got some slow piano music. Although I like the sound of his wife, she sounds quite um, formidable, doesn't she? I love Don't the wife. Just saying, I don't believe you. I literally don't believe you. <laughs> no, but that, that's how it gets, isn't it? When you're with someone Zero. A long time. <laughs> what about zero eight one, Al? Did you see this? The Kit Kat uh, with no wafer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember... I was talking about... Yeah, Daisy had one. Solid chocolate Kit Kat. Pure chocolate. We had yeah, some correspondence. Have you seen this, Al? Yeah. Over to you. Uh, my friend had a Kit Kat with no wafer. She complained to Roundtrees, who made Kit Kat at the time, and they sent her a huge box of <gasps> Kit Kats as an apology. I love that. They're my favourite stories oh. of um, the retail yeah. world, when people complain and then get a big box of something. Oh, I love it. It right, continues, Jim doing his tax return in Sheffield. There's a lot to unpack I mean, That's there, a last-minute lil. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, Jim. I wish they'd just sent her away first. Tax return ain't ready. <laughs> it's tax return ain't ready. It's got to be here on Monday. Hurry up, Jim. What if, what if they sent her some wafers and a screwdriver? And say, just do, do your own. <laughs> do your own what? Do you remember when I complained that the Bozzy's Iron Man mask hadn't got any elastic on it? And they sent oh, me. So yeah. petty. I was so embarrassed when you did that. They sent me a five pound voucher to buy some <laughs> elastic and a link to some elastic. I mean. It's a chocolate question. Why is it called Ritter Sport? I mean, why is it sporty, the chocolate? Mm. It's not sporty. I suppose it gives you that energy boost you need when uh, <laughs> it, when it goes into uh, stoppage time. Anyway, um, episode four of my poetry podcast will be out on Wednesday. Walt Whitman, I think it is. Oh, oh man, my I love Walt Whitman. I can't wait. A great champion of the um, not-too-tight footwear. Great beard as well. Oh, brilliant beard. And it grew as his career grew. Anyway, catch up on the first three now from wherever you get your podcasts. They're all out there. Thank you so much for listening to this this uh, show as well. And um, you know what? If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.